Hello everybody, Eric from Hit Subscribe here today and uh, if you tune into these each week you'll notice that I got both a haircut and a shave. I'm told it makes me look younger so I don't know if that makes me like look like I'm 50. Anyway, uh, I'm rolling with it. I feel like more clean cut and ready to talk about another installment in our freelancers uh, Q&A series. So this one is basically about titling yourself. Um, the question is pretty simple. Uh, what kind of title should I give myself on LinkedIn or, or, or business cards if you're going to make business cards? Uh, but the idea being, you know, if you're a freelancer, um, what should your title be? And I think by implication, um, like, do you just write in these venues, like if I guess if you're going to do a resume, but like LinkedIn or whatever, um, are you associated with a company or, you know, is it just, you know, Eric Dietrich? Esquire or well, that's for lawyers, but like uh, What are you affiliated with is it just your own name? Do you have a brand etc? So um, let me talk through uh, That in as much detail here as I can sort of muster off the cuff So there's the the question of title and I guess there's the question of what is the name of the organization or entity that you're affiliated with and um that can be sort of complicated. So maybe what I'll start by doing here is talking about the title in particular. Um, there are kind of two flavors of title that that you need to think of in this position. So um, if you just work for a company, you might be a software engineer or a VP of whatever. And let's call that a, kind of an operational title or like an organizational title, an employee title. So you go to work at a company or an employee, you have a title. The thing is, if you have your own practice or business, you have another um, flavor of role or title altogether, which is your uh, ownership status. So if you found a business, um, there are terms for that. If you just found the business and like you pay other people, um, you could call yourself a founder and a shareholder. Um, those are both reasonable titles for that. If you um, found a business and then you operate within that business, I mean, I, um, I guess if you're like uh, a trucker, like the, you know, they love like owner and operator. So owner is your title with respect to the ownership of the business. Operator is your title within the business. Um, and a way that knowledge workers will signify that is, is by calling themselves a principal. So usually a principal is both an employee and an owner. It's somebody who has a share. A partner is another term like that. So I know this is a little bit abstract, um, but the idea is when you own a business and you're also um, like the principal, um, you have these two different roles. And a lot of, of freelancers, especially if they've come from the corporate world, kind of neglect that owner or shareholder role. And they just by default create this business of which they're an employee and they just kind of think of themselves as a technician style employee. So backing all the way up, when it comes to title, you could think about giving yourself either a title that um, encapsulates both your ownership status and your role within your company, uh, or you could um, uh, give yourself two different titles. And here are some very, um, I guess, like tangible real world examples of that. If you go look at um, venture backed startups, so if you go onto LinkedIn and find the founders of businesses that have gotten around to funding, like um, small but growing startups, and look at their C suite, you'll often see that they identify themselves on, on LinkedIn with titles like. 
uh, founder and CEO or founder and COO. So what they're doing is they're citing their ownership status with the company and then their functional role within the company. This is something that you can mimic as a freelancer. So you could say that you're, uh, you could do what I did, um, which is founder and principal is how I used to describe myself uh, with Dead Tech. Um, you could just call yourself principal, which kind of implies ownership. So you have some options there. And the reason I'm going into all this detail is because when you're starting a practice, starting a business like this, you want it to be clear to people that you both own the entity and um, are doing the work for it. So uh, put that in the back of your mind, um, that that's a good way to title yourself. Figure out a way to signify that you own the business and that you're also uh, the uh, Whoa, sorry about that. Uh, just getting on a roll and then something happened. I guess with the Wi-Fi here, I should be connected. I don't know, it doesn't matter. Uh, so apologies, and anyway, rolling along, I was going to talk about what I did with Dead Tech. Um, so I founded an LLC, uh, an actual proper business entity, before I ever went off on my own full time. So that was kind of an easy thing to have going. And um, when I went off on my own full time, I was calling myself the founder and principal of this business. So I had a business um, and a brand, and then I gave myself the title founder and principal. That's what showed up on my business cards. That's what showed up on LinkedIn. Um, a couple of things to note here. So founder and principal captures um, both the ownership role that I have and the operating role that I have within the business. Um, so that's clear to people that I would be the one that you're dealing with. It's also clear that I own the business. It's my practice. Uh, it's associated with a brand and not just my name. I don't put myself up as, you know, Eric Dietrich, founder and principal of that. Um, that would suggest you're a sole proprietor. I would strongly recommend that you either create a DBA, um, which is a doing business as, if you want to operate as a sole proprietor, but I would definitely incorporate um, an LLC or form an LLC for yourself. And in either case, I, I would give it a brand name and so you own that business and you're employed by that business and, and it's a great structure to operate within. So then what you're doing is if you have a series of salary jobs that you've worked over the years, um, and you could go look at my LinkedIn if you wanted to, uh, it just becomes another entry. So you were working at Acme Inc. as, you know, a whatever, widget here, and then you were working at um, Beta XYZ as a widget here manager and now you're working for your brand name, Inc., as the founder and principal. So I hope that kind of answers the question um, of, like, at least what is a play in terms of titling yourself. Create that LLC, give it a name, and then identify yourself as both the owner and the principal of that brand. And this, um, it goes well on business cards because it's clear uh, in terms of, like, how you'd introduce yourself at cocktail parties or whatever the case may be. Um, using that title, associating it with your brand is clear. Um, if you're a freelancer or, um, you know, a solopreneur, you could just explain that, like, this is, you know, this is my brand under which I consult. That was a phrase I used to use a lot, like, Dead Tech is the brand under which I offer consulting services. Uh, you know, I've talked in videos before, and I can put up a link for YouTube. You don't really want to, like, hide the fact that you're a solopreneur. So uh, the goal with a title like Founder and Principal at Dead Tech isn't to make it seem like dead tech is more than it is. It's just to identify the nature of what I do, how um, a client would interact with me personally, and what my role is uh, with the business. 
So um, that's kind of generally the playbook I'd recommend. If you don't want to call yourself founder and principal, you know, come up with some other names. Uh, you could just call yourself principal. I guess you could call yourself shareholder. Like there's different flavors of that. You could poke around and see what other people do. Um, but the, uh, the core thing there is have that business that you're associated with, have your functional role in it, and then your ownership role alongside of it. So with that in mind, um, I'd like to throw out a few like tips or gotchas or whatever, thing, things that you might not be considering right off the cuff that I think you should. Um, the first is, because I see people do this sometimes on LinkedIn, um, if you're a freelancer, I would strongly recommend you not listing all of your freelance clients as if they were jobs or like sub jobs. So like for me, if I'm Eric Dietrich, founder and principal of DeadTech, if you go look at my LinkedIn, you don't see any of the clients I did work for listed there. Um, you know, maybe it's just personal preference, but to me, especially these days, mostly I'm in the capacity of somebody that's doing like more on the hiring side, hiring vendors, hiring staff. Uh, that looks like somebody who's a staff augmentation. So when I see a bunch of um, clients listed out, that seems like somebody who is more or less an employee but they use their freelancing or consulting um, to like job hop a little more frequently. So it just, um, th there's a certain look to it that suggests it's not really a business that you have. You just have this never ending sequence of bosses on your resume. It's not really the end of the world, but I wouldn't do that personally. Um, number one, it's more information than anybody needs. What I would do instead, if you really wanna communicate um, who your past clients have been, like if you're proud of that, Forget doing that on LinkedIn or a venue that's like a virtual resume. Build a website and then like have a, a row of, you know, like former clients include. Uh, the way you'll see businesses do, that's how I'd handle that. You don't really want to identify yourself by your clients per se in terms of like your own work and career arc. Um, you know, that's kind of a subjective take, but like the, to me that's a weird look if I'm hiring somebody. It suggests that you have the mindset of an employee and not a business owner. Um, maybe nitpicking, but anyway, I wouldn't do it. Uh, so in terms of titles, like one thing you might see people do, and again, this is subjective, but I think it's another weird look. If you are a solopreneur, don't call yourself the CEO. Um, I guess technically you could be the CEO. I mean, you can be anything you want. Uh, you could call yourself, um, like floor scrubber. I mean, you own the business. You can apportion whatever titles you feel, uh, giving yourself the title of CEO in a business that doesn't have any actual employees just seems a little self-aggrandizing. Um, while technically true, the chief executive officer officer um, implies, so an officer is somebody within the company that can sign and execute contracts, et cetera. If you are the only person associated with the company that you own, I mean, clearly you have agency on behalf of the company. Who else would? It's redundant. So like, uh, it's just my take, but it seems a little odd if, if you know, I uh, encountered a freelancer that was like, I'm the freelancer, uh, I'm the CEO of my freelancing practice, Inc. That would just seem a little, I don't know, like try hard. So anyway, I, I would hold off on calling yourself the CEO until there's a decent number of uh, people within your organization, probably employees or maybe just like lots of contractors. But uh, yeah, I, I would hold off on that title. Um, you know, principal, like I've said, is a good one. Um, but you know, I, I give yourself a title that makes it clear. You know, maybe actually a good way to say it is this. If you call yourself the CEO to anybody who 
is trying to get a read on your operation, that, that will give them the impression that you have employees and such. And if you call yourself the principal of your consulting practice, that won't give that impression. And I really believe in uh, being communicative with clients in every way possible about like, what they're getting into. Don't hide the fact that you're a solopreneur or a solo consultant. That's a good way to earn a living. You know, that's fine. So don't uh, create titles that would confuse people. Um, another thing I'll say here is when you're picking from these titles, maybe do so in a way that would resonate with your buyer. So, for instance, um, I had mentioned that like if you go look at a lot of like venture back companies, Silicon Valley companies, they will often identify themselves as founder and COO or whatever the case may be. Um, so all else being equal, you might want to mimic that language, meaning um, if you were going to deal with a lot of Silicon Valley companies, those are your customers, you might want to call yourself founder and principal or whatever it was, versus um, if you were uh, doing work for a lot of like agencies, uh, you might just call yourself principal. I mean, it would be weird to call yourself partner unless you were in a partnership, but um, I guess what I'm getting at is agencies tend to use language like principal, partner, um, etc. So you, all else being equal, might mimic that language because it's just more communicative. That's a pretty subtle thing, um, but you know, if it occurs to you and it's relevant and you're kind of on the fence between two things, uh, you might consider which one of those seems like it would resonate more with your uh, buyers, with your clients. Uh, and then lastly, one piece of advice that might be controversial, I wouldn't ever really um, call myself a freelancer. I would always call myself a consultant. A freelancer, um, even if that is what you are, Freelancer kind of implies that you're going to go from gig to gig executing labor absent strategy. So to me, and I think to the broader world, freelancer is kind of like Upwork, you know, uh, I'm a technician, I do X, people go hire you, maybe they do interviews with you. It kind of has a more subordinate, less expert connotation. I'm a pair of hands, deploy me as you will. Consultant, on the other hand, um, has more of an expert connotation and usually, um, Somebody hiring, a, I mean, technically, a consultant is somebody that you pay for advice, not labor. Uh, now, I know that term gets kind of used and abused a lot in the industry, like, oh, I'm a consultant that, you know, writes code for whatever. Uh, you know, I don't mean to tell you your business. I, I would say that that isn't all kinds of struggles today. Again, sorry about that. I'm going to wrap up here soon, so hopefully that's the last signal interruption. Uh, but anyway, a consultant is, the, the rule of thumb I would use is, what are you getting paid for? What's your deliverable? If it's advice or like a roadmap or suggestions, that's consulting. If it's code, design, wireframes, you know, some kind of deliverable like that, then you're a contractor. And I would call myself a consultant over a freelancer or a contractor because of the optionality involved. If you call yourself a consultant and you do labor, whatever, the world kind of expects that anyway. But if you call yourself a freelancer or a laborer or a contractor and you're hoping to get strategy work, good luck um, because people aren't going to perceive you that way. So that might be a little bit of fake until you make it, but I would always um, refer to myself as a consultant. So meaning uh, I wouldn't ever like create like founder and freelancer as my title under a brand, but I might call myself uh, founder and consultant or founder and principal consultant or something. So consultant, I think, is a good title for a solopreneur or a freelancer uh, just to position yourself a little bit better uh, to establish some expertise and to hopefully get yourself into the world of like uh, strategic partnerships. So to roll that all back up, um, what I did, what I would suggest doing 
uh, incorporate or um, sorry, form an LLC, uh, give yourself a title that indicates both ownership of that LLC and you know the principal role within it so that you're clear in communicating with clients. Put that as your employer up on a site like LinkedIn so that you have that continuity of experience that you've been running your own business for X number of years. And yeah, that's uh, how I would handle it. Um, so hopefully that helps and I will catch you all next time, hopefully with a better Wi-Fi.